Good morning, everyone. Welcome to all of you who are joining us live this morning, as well as to all of you who are joining us after the fact. As always, it's great to be with all of you virtually this morning as we gather together for worship. Well, we didn't even make it a week into the new year before we started using words like surreal and unprecedented again to describe the disturbing and the heartbreaking violence that took place at the Capitol on Wednesday in Washington, D.C. And as if all of the violence and insurrection was not surreal and sad and deplorable enough, right there in the midst of it all was a huge banner that read Jesus 2020 as if everything that was going on was somehow representative of the cause of Christ. And of all of the egregious untruths, half-truths, and lies that fueled everything that was happening on Wednesday, there's nothing more egregious than that. And it was so appalling to see as a follower of Jesus, because nothing about what was going on has anything to do with the way of Jesus or his mission. But the way of Jesus is the way of humility. Jesus didn't grab for power. He didn't leverage political systems. Instead, as the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus set aside his power. He set aside his rights. He set aside his authority and made himself nothing in order to enter into humanity and to bring justice and restoration and peace to a world that is desperately broken. And that is what we stand for and what we represent as followers of Jesus and as the church. That is the banner of Christ. The way of Jesus is to love and serve others in humility. And all of this is, is yet another reminder for us. As, as we've experienced so many other times now over the course of this past year, it's another reminder of just how fragile and temporal, the things of the world that we readily put our faith in actually are. And how fragile and temporal even are the systems of government that we put our faith in every day. As I was trying to absorb all of this as it was unfolding on Wednesday, I found the words of the hymn Solid Rock moving through my mind. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. As we continue to walk together 
in these incredibly fragile and uncertain times. And may we hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus, our one and our only solid rock. And would you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning, as always, that you are present with us here as we experience and as we absorb and as we process the chaos of this past week. And we'll thank you for being, as the psalmist says, an ever-present help in trouble. And Father, we know that you are a God of order, not of chaos. And we ask this morning that you would reach down and bring order and peace in the midst of all of the chaos and fear and uncertainty that we are experiencing as a nation. Lord, have mercy. And Holy Spirit, would you center us this morning? Would you ground us? Would you root us in the foundation that we have in Jesus? Thank you for being our solid rock and for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, would you give us the strength and the courage to hold on to you alone, to rest in your presence, and to be your people. May your kingdom come May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Well, if you would like to gather with others to hold all of this in prayer today, there will be a space to do that after the stream at 12 o'clock. And if you would like to join, you can fill out the form at www.bit.ly backslash spaces to pray www.bit.ly backslash spaces to pray and that link I should also be there for you in the chat as well well last week we began a teaching series for the new year entitled rooted and it's inspired by the prayer that is at the center of Paul's letter to the Ephesians Paul prays this for them in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so Paul's prayer for the Christians in and around Ephesus, and by extension, his prayer for us as well, is that Christ would dwell, that he would take up residence in their hearts in a way that would root them in God's love so that they would continue to grasp the totally boundless nature of that love and how long and wide and high and deep it is. And the graphic that was created for the series provides, I think, a really great representation of that prayer. The image of a heart establishing roots inside of a heart is a great picture of God's love rooting itself in our heart through Christ in a way that ultimately transforms us. And that's really the journey that, that all of us are on as followers of Jesus, the journey of having our heart be transformed by God's heart. And of course, there is nothing that better showcases the magnitude of God's love and nothing that that better showcases God's heart than the coming of his son, Jesus, which we just finished celebrating together during the season of Advent. And for God so loved the world, that God's love was so long and wide and high and deep that he sent his one and only son to dwell among us and to proclaim and embody a new kingdom, a kingdom rooted not in the values of this world, but that is instead very much rooted in God's heart. And that is precisely what Jesus did in his very first sermon in his hometown of Nazareth. When he opened up the scroll and read that the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, those words that Jesus read from Isaiah chapter 61 looked forward to a Messiah who would come and embody God's heart for the poor, the outcast, the marginalized, and the oppressed by bringing mercy and redemption and restoration. And when Jesus finished reading those words, Luke says that he proclaimed to everyone who was there in the synagogue that day that he was, in fact, the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, right? that the Spirit of the Lord was on him and that he had come to proclaim good news to the poor, to recover sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. And from there, Jesus went out and did exactly that. He extended dignity to lepers and to paralytics and to the demon-possessed and to the blind as he offered them physical and spiritual healing. He offered living water to the woman at the well 
despite the fact that she was a Samaritan with a checkered past. He intervened on behalf of the woman who had been caught in adultery and extended forgiveness to her. On numerous occasions, he dined in the homes of tax collectors and sinners like Levi and Zacchaeus. And all of those things are expressions and demonstrations of God's heart and of the heart of his kingdom. That they are expressions and demonstrations of what God cares about. And as we continue Jesus' mission to embody the presence of God's kingdom on earth, we are called, both as individuals and as a church community, to care about the same things. We are called to see and to love and to care for God's beloved who are living on the margins among us. Throughout our 20-year history, Highway has partnered with community-based nonprofits like Bayshore Christian Ministries, New Creation Home, Able Works, Reach Potential Movement, and the Senior Inclusion and Participation Project, who are engaged in the kingdom work of serving and blessing under-resourced kids and families in our local neighborhoods, single mothers, and senior adults. And this past year, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, there have been some new ways that we have been involved in the work of God's kingdom in our local communities. We've had people from our community volunteering at Hope's Corner in downtown Mountain View, serving food to our unhoused and housed neighbors on Wednesdays and Saturdays. We've had people distributing food to our neighbors living in vehicles in Mountain View's three city-sponsored safe parking lots on Wednesdays and Fridays. And we've been engaged with the city of Palo Alto and our neighbors surrounding our Palo Alto campus to provide some spaces in the parking lot at the campus as a part of a safe parking pilot program for the city. And then something else that we have been leaning into this year with both a lot of intention and humility is deepening our heart for racial justice following the death of George Floyd, where we witnessed and felt and experienced in an acute and indelible way the hurt and the pain and the ugliness of racism and injustice against blacks that has been a part of the fabric of our nation for hundreds of years. And we felt very convicted as a staff team of our need both as individuals and as a community to grow in awareness and engagement as we very humbly seek to lead in the midst of having so much to learn ourselves. And that journey started by creating some different spaces for us simply to listen and learn about racial and social justice, injustice as a community. Back at the end of June, four different groups gathered to discuss the movie Just Mercy, which tells the story of Brian Stevenson's pursuit of an acquittal for Walter McMillan 
who was unjustly convicted for a murder that he didn't commit. In July and August, we hosted two 10-week workshops on the life and teaching of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that explored the character traits that are at the heart of being a change agent for God's justice in the world. In September, we partnered with Highway's own Jacob Vincent to create a regular monthly space to listen and learn on Thursday nights, which has started with listening to the 1619 podcast, which at its core is about the yearning for identity, belonging, and equality for Black Americans. And then in November, we hosted a session with Vinnie Mata, a retired public safety officer who has been a part of our church community for 20 years, who graciously allowed us to listen as he transparently shared from his experience as a Christian in law enforcement. And each of those spaces has been an important place to actively and intentionally listen to voices and stories and experiences that are different from our own. To listen to things that can be hard to hear and that can make us uncomfortable. And through all of that, to allow God to be molding and shaping our hearts after his. And this morning, uh, we are excited to share some commitments that we are making to further deepen our heart for racial justice as we enter into the new year. Back in September, a number of our staff attended an event in East Palo Alto, sponsored by our friends at Rewire, in partnership with the Justice Journey Alliance called Beyond Words, Count Us In. Beyond Words is a national movement for concrete action on the part of the church to address racial injustice. And on September 25th, we gathered together with pastors from Peninsula Bible Church in Palo Alto, Palo Alto Vineyard, Lord's Grace Christian Church in Mountain View, the Well Church Bay Area, Orchard Valley Christian Church, Quest, and International Students, Inc. to confess and repent of our indifference to the black community's struggle for equality before our local black pastors. And it was an incredibly beautiful service. And it was indescribably humbling to be met with grace and forgiveness from our local black pastors. And as a part of the event, we were invited to commit ourselves beyond words, as the name implies, to action in five specific areas over the next year, which all of us who attended did. So far, we have started participating in a monthly cohort with other local pastors who've made the same commitments for shared learning and accountability. But we are definitely very much in the beginning stages of a work in progress and something that we want to share in together as a community as God shapes it and develops it over the coming year. I want to turn it over now to David Haley, who's going to share more about the five areas of commitment 
that are at the heart of Beyond Words. I think so much for the setup, John. Uh, what I want to do here for the next few minutes is just briefly outline the Beyond Words commitments that our staff has made and then really extend an invitation for you to join us as well. You know, John was just talking about the cohort that we're participating in and just a bit more about that. Uh, that group meets together monthly and we spend that time praying together, uh, checking in with each other for support and encouragement and also for accountability and also working through some shared learning pieces together. And we're committed to those monthly meetings and really the relationships that can form within them. Uh, that's why we wanted to do this program in the midst of all of the other options that were out there because of the pre-existing relationships that we have with the Rewire team, as well as the opportunity to form local relationships here where we are uh, that can continue to influence us and shape us for years to come. Look, because this is a long haul thing. And for this to be sustained, relationships play such an important part in that. Along with the cohort, Beyond Words revolves around five core commitments. And these commitments came from a collaborative team of Black clergy. Uh, they reflect what they hope to see take root in the broader church in our country. And I think you can hear the heart behind these, uh, really, with the first commitment. Uh, the first commitment is to build a relationship uh, with a Black church pastor or leader. And, and it's so important that this is the first commitment. Uh, because the rest of the commitments to come are going to be so much better directed uh, through the influence of that relationship. The first commitment is to build a relationship with a black church pastor or leader. And the second commitment is to give finances, uh, to use our resources uh, to support the work of a black church or ministry with no strings attached. The second commitment is to give finances the third commitment is to learn together. And John's already outlined for us some of the spaces that we've made for this since last summer. And we'll continue to offer spaces in that same spirit in the months to come on a regular basis. The fourth commitment is to proclaim anti-racism. And this is a word that gets used a lot these days. But really at its heart, it's about a posture shift. Uh, choosing to proactively engage the conversation about racial justice and reconciliation, you know, to use the space and the platform uh, that we have to be vocal advocates, you know, to teach on these things from the scriptures because they've got such deep ties to the kingdom of God and really to spiritual formation as well. And actually one of the suggested ways to live into this commitment uh, was to share with our congregation at large that we're participating in this program uh, and what the core commitments are that we've committed to. So thanks for being here with us today uh, to help us live into this. These last three commitments, uh, to give finances, uh, to learn together, and to become active voices and participants in the long ongoing movement for racial justice, and to do those things well, uh, to do those things in a way that honors and, and comes alongside, even comes underneath the work of so many women and men who have come before us, is best accomplished through the lens of one-to-one -one personal relationships. Like That's how that first commitment to build relationships shapes the rest. That's, that's why it comes first. And the last commitment is to organize. Uh, 
uh, really to invite others into this journey with us. If you'd like to be a part of continuing the conversation, even helping to shape or give some direction to how we live these commitments out, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, We've made a simple form for you to fill out uh, to hear which of these commitments resonate with you most, uh, to hear how you might like to be involved, and if there's any questions that you have or parts of the program that you'd like to know more about. If you're joining us on the live stream today, you can access those in the chat right now. We'll put a link there. Uh, If you're listening to this content uh, either at a later time on a different platform or through our podcast, you can access that form on the web at bit.ly backslash HW beyond words. And there was also a direct link to that form that came out in the remote worship guide email this morning. And with that, I'd like to send things over to Jana Anders, who's a member of our Shepherds team. Thank you, John and David, for sharing what the SAC has been doing around growing and engaging in racial justice. I just want to take a minute to share um, kind of the parallel journey, I guess, that the Shepherds have been on. So back in June, one of the Shepherds had suggested that we all step back and we just take some time to reflect about the season that we were in at the time. And so we went off separately and we reflected on some themes, uh, themes you're probably familiar with. We've used a lot at Highway, the outward, the inward, and the together themes. And one of the things that came up for us out of the outward theme and that we later then talked about was this uh, concept of racial justice. So let me take a moment just to share with you a couple of the comments um, from two different shepherds. So the first one, the shepherd said, I believe we have so much to learn from communities outside our own. I would love us to start by raising the voices of minority leaders. Now, this is something that John and David had already talked about, the staff has been engaging in and is continuing to engage in that. Another shepherd said, part of our outward work is acknowledging our blind spots and figuring out what we need to learn and unlearn as a church so we can truly model seeing Jesus in everyone. And I think that this is something that should be on all of our hearts um, as a community. You know, what do we need to learn and unlearn to serve our Lord? And I just wanna share this with you so you can understand where our hearts are and how we've come to this place um, and how the staff has come to this place and the commitment around racial justice. And I'm really just excited to join um, our staff and our community in this journey. I'm gonna have Janine close us in prayer. I'm hopeful as we move forward in this commitment to be to go beyond words. And that's not something that we can really easily say during this time in our nation's history, but I believe that we cannot help but be transformed personally in this commitment and hopefully also do a little bit more transformation of the world around us. So will you please join me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, please help us to be reminded of your sovereignty during this time. In a time when we um, have so much that is unknown and when so many people in the community, especially our black brothers and sisters, 
are just dealing with so much grief and so much pain and suffering, I pray that you would help us to learn how to be like you, how you walked with others, how you were always in relationship, how you got up close to those who were on the margins, to those who had less status. Help us to be um, your ambassadors in this space and help us to um, be rooted and established in love, that we would go out into this world, that we, we, we would go beyond words in these commitments out of love and humility um, and a place of listening and humbleness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.